Welcome to the Live Free Real Estate Podcast, hosted by licensed realtors and investors, Jonathan Dempsey and Mike Eichler, where we teach you how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing and other investing means by interviewing experts in the space and giving you real-life examples from regular everyday people on their journey to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast, where we teach you how to live free and invest through real estate investing and some other means. Today, we have our friend Nick here. Um, Jay, do you want to jump in a little bit about Nick? Yeah, so I'm super excited to have Nick on. Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, Nick has started his own food truck business called Slide On By that operates in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, and what has impressed me so far since I've known Nick is that he's only started a couple years ago. Um, and he's got such a developed background, uh, and his story is just really interesting to hear how he got into entrepreneurship um, and how he's using that to now funnel into real estate. So, Nick, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been uh, following your podcast for a while now, you know, since we met, and uh, this is a best-kept secret. I didn't know you guys even had a podcast. I just kind of saw it one time when JD posted uh, on social media, and I was like, man, you have a podcast? So... Yeah, I'm uh, super excited to be here, and uh, you know, I just want to dive into everything. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Um, do you want to start off with a little bit of a background about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm 40 years old. Um, I graduated from uh, University of Maryland um, School of Pharmacy back in 2010. Uh, I was a pharmacist for about 10 years. Uh, I transitioned over to, I currently, I've, you know, like JD said, I own a food truck now. So I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm outside of the pharmacy game. Um, kind of left that behind and we'll dive into that a little bit deeper. Um, married my wife, Erica, this year. Uh, we've been dating for about seven years and, um, you know, our, our wedding actually got uh, postponed because of COVID. So we finally got married in March. So that was super exciting. Uh, we live in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, we have two golden retrievers and that's pretty much sums me up right now. <laughs> I see the, the golden retrievers featured in the, the slide on by. Uh, yeah, so pretty often. Um, yeah, they're, they're our mascots. I think you know everyone loves cute dogs, so they uh, they get a lot of uh, a lot of likes and a lot of reactions. <laughs> Very well deserved. Um, it's really interesting to me that you spent such a long time in pharmacy, um, and also interesting to me that you dated Erica for so long and then finally got to put a ring on it. Congrats on that. <laughs> thank you, um, thank you. So tell us a little bit about that journey. What made you decide to be a pharmacist? Uh, tell us a little bit about the career there, um, and then we'll get into kind of why you decided to pivot. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I was always really good, you know, in the sciences. Uh, originally, I was pre-med uh, when I was an undergrad. I uh, grew up in Staten Island. I went to the College of Staten Island for my undergrad studies. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about pre-med, I'm like, man, like, I love science and I love medicine, but I, you know, I, I hate sick people and I don't like blood. So I don't know if uh, being a doctor would be really the, the right choice for me. So someone recommended, you know, to look into the pharmacy world. And when I applied to pharmacy school, um, there was a couple of reasons why I did it, but I really wanted to go to Maryland because my best friend Derek lived in Baltimore at the time. Uh, and we were planning on living together and just kind of rooming up. And um, Maryland at the time was uh, like, ranked top 10 in the country. So it was a really good pharmacy school, uh, super hard to get into. It was like an eight hour interview. Um, but it's kind of funny because I never worked a day in the pharmacy in my life. You know, when I, uh, when I applied, I didn't really know, you know, what a pharmacist did besides kind of just count pills beyond the counter. And <laughs> so it was interesting. So I kind of went into that field kind of blind. Um, but as I, you know, as I got into school and I started learning about it, it was super interesting. And, um, yeah, I graduated and, you know, I started working for a couple of local chains, you know, CVS and Walgreens. Um, and more recently, I, I was working for a couple of local chains, uh, local pharmacies, like mom and pop type shops. Um, but the transition happened like right around the pandemic. You know, I kind of hit like a lull. Um, pharmacy wasn't really I thought it was my passion. And then it just really wasn't building up to what I expected it to be. Um I just kind of hit some hard times, you know, I was, um, I was really, really stressed out at work. Um, it was really, really weighing on me. Um, had started to develop like a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of stupid things I shouldn't have been doing, like drinking and stuff. 
Um, and I wound up um, losing my job during the pandemic. And at that point, I was kind of like at a crossroads, you know, and I was like, you know, do I want to continue on this journey? Um, and I had asked myself, you know, what was the reason that I was a pharmacist? You know, was it just because of the great six figure job, you know, or what did I want to do something else in my life? And I kind of realized that I, that I made a lousy employee and I was like, you know, I think I want to work for myself. And I was like, you know, what industry would make me the happiest? You know, where, where's that passion? And I've always had a passion for cooking. Uh, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My mom owned a restaurant. Um, so I've been working in, in restaurants restaurant since I was 12 years old. Um, so it was kind of interesting that I transitioned into that. Um, so it was one of those things where, you know, you kind of like, I almost hit kind of like rock bottom, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I got to kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like find myself again, you know, in a way. Um, and I did that and I took a leap of faith and, you know, I told, I told Erica my idea and, you know, I was like, you know, what about a food truck, you know? And I, and I started doing my research and I started reading about it and I joined a bunch of Facebook groups and, you know, I'll get into a little bit more about that story in a minute, but yeah, that's kind of where the transition happened for me. Um, and we just did it and it's it, so far, it's been, it's been great. And I, I wish I would have did it 10 years ago, actually, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and sometimes it, it takes getting to that critical point in order to, to, to realize what your passion truly is. And it sounds like from the beginning, you found that industry really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. It was exciting. And I think it, over time, maybe it, you lost some passion in it. Um, maybe it was the, the future growth. Um, you started to get more experience and really get a, a look into where you were going with it. Um, and you just lost your excitement for it. So I'm glad you found something that you're passionate about um, and you took action on it. I think that's the key um, for anyone out there listening is you, you have to take action on the things you're passionate about, but you also have to go in with, with a plan. So tell right. us a little more about the Facebook groups and what you did to prepare for launch. Well, after I realized, you know, I make a lousy employee, um, I wanted to start my own business. And I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do from here? Um, I've always had a, a passion for real estate. We could talk a little bit more about that. But my plan was to get out of pharmacy as soon as possible. So I was planning on buying one house a year, every year from based on my salary that, you know, that's about the, the range I could save up every year for a down payment. Um, and it was just a slow grind. And that was my plan was just to buy one house a year for less than say 10 years, reach that financial freedom number that I had in mind and retire. Um, but when this all kind of, you know, this all kind of happened to me and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to start looking into my own business. I had no idea, you know, what to expect as far as, you know, how much money I'm going to be able to make. Am I ever going to be able to invest in real estate again? Um, so I, started doing a lot of research. I'm a big reader. I started reading a lot of books on food trucks. Um, I didn't really find any that were really that, that great. They were actually kind of, um, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? They were just, they weren't very, they were kind of like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for right now? I can't think like on the spot. Um, they weren't very like reassuring, I guess, in a way they just kind of seemed like, oh, you need to save up all this money and then you can start a food truck business. But what I did, which was interesting is I started, um, joining these Facebook groups like food truckers and food truck and trailer life. And they were instrumental because I was able to kind of learn from these seasoned vets who've been in the industry for a long time. And they had a lot of great ideas. Um, and instead of saving up all this money to go out and buy a truck that you don't even know if the concept or the idea is going to work, um, what we did was a little different. You know, we started very, very humbly and we started with a tent setup, um, very, very um, low money out of pocket to start up. Um, I think for us, it was less than $3,000 to start our business, which is amazing, you know, to start a business like that for less than 3K. And a part of that was actually a down payment on a pickup truck. So we needed a pickup truck to haul this stuff around. Uh, we had a very simple setup. It was a tent. It was a Blackstone grill. We had a little propane burner, a um, couple of tables, a little makeshift hand wash sink, you know, for the Department of Health. And, you know, that was pretty much it. It was a super simple setup um, in the very beginning. And we started to come up with an idea. We decided, you know, like I've always loved burgers and, you know, that you could do so many creative things with burgers. And I was like, well, what about sliders? There's nobody really doing sliders besides White Castle. And I was like, I think I can make a better slider than White Castle. You know, that's what I told myself. Um, so I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel. I was just trying to improve on something that I saw out in the market. Um, and what I did from there 
uh, was before we even had our license, because, you know, before you can actually sell to the public, you obviously need to go through your health inspection and stuff. And that was in the process. And we were actually ready to do that. Uh, we were working on temporary permits. But what we did was I, I talked to my wife and I was like, why don't we go around to our neighborhood, to all of our neighbors and hand out flyers? And we handed out flyers and say, hey, you know, this is Nick and Erica, you know, from 42, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're thinking about, you know, starting up a business. Uh, it's going to be a food truck business for right now. We just have our tent set up. So we threw this big party and we had all the neighborhood kind of come out and we fed everybody for free because we weren't allowed to charge them. And we didn't want to charge them. So we fed everyone for free with like our base menu. And we asked everybody for feedback um, and they gave us honest feedback on our food. And a lot of people liked it. And it was amazing. We actually made like $400. We put a tip jar out. We made like 400 bucks in tips because I guess people felt bad for us or whatever. But we uh, we had Erica's good friend, Romeo. Uh, shout out to Romeo G. He's a DJ. He came out and he DJed the thing for us. And we had all these people. And it was a really cool vibe. It was almost like a little mini block party that we set up um, in our neighborhood. And that was like the, our first event ever, you know, to kind of get our name out there. Um and from there, you know, we just started with very small events like farmers markets. And, you know, I can go into more details about how we grew from there. But that was the very, very, you know, that's the origin story of Slide On By. <laughs> that's so awesome. Is that like a common thing people do is start with some, something a little smaller, like a tent setup? Or is that something you kind of like created? Um, actually, a lot of people don't do that. Um, they go in and they invest, you know, a lot of money in like a food truck right off the bat or like a trailer. Um, there are some people that are vendors strictly like doing pop-ups, like with the tent. Um, so I would, I wouldn't say a lot of people start like that, but now I'm on these sites and I'm still active with these Facebook pages. And when people are saying like, oh man, how do I get these, um, you know, these, these government loans to start my business? Where, where did you guys, you know, so how do you, how were you guys able to save up 50 grand for a food truck or a hundred grand for a food truck? And I was like, no, don't do that. Like call your health department and try with the tent and see if, and you have to make it a menu that you're, that it's feasible, you know, to, to work out of a tent. Cause it's not everything is, you know, and you, you can get creative, but for us, our burger, uh, you know, we were doing smash burgers, a very simple, simplified menu. And it was, it was doable with the tent set up. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, I mean, there are just so many layers to what you have to do to get started um, between creating a menu, uh, between getting feedback on what you're actually doing, um, mm -hmm. places to set up your tent. Um, this is all stuff that doesn't happen overnight. It's not like it's right. you just Google all of these things and you, you get the answer. So um, kudos to you for, for pushing through. Um, how much revenue did you guys do in the first first year? So our first year we did around a hundred thousand dollars and we started in May. We ended in like November ish. So we weren't, that wasn't even a full year for us. But the cool thing with that was that my wife, you know, she still works full time. So she was like, you know, babe, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, I'm going to help you with this business, but she, because she works from home um, and she works overnight. So the cool thing was that she was able to help me grow this business. So we were doing this together. Um, and I was able to save a lot of that money. We we ran a very, very lean business where a lot of restaurants or food trucks will only be running around 15 or 20% margins, you know, if they're lucky. Um, we were very, very, very diligent about like our food costs, our cogs, um, all of our business expenses. We only, if we absolutely needed it, we would pay for it. Um, so we were running around 50 or 60% um, net profit after, you know, after it was all said and done. So at the end of the year, you know, I had about 50 or 60 K saved up and we were able to buy our food truck outright without any debt against our business, you know, and that's something I was really, really proud that we were able to do that in such a short amount of time. Um, so that really helped us to scale up and to get into bigger and better events um, last year in 2022. So this was 2021 is when we did the tent, when we started the tent um 2021 is um in march uh is when we, we got our tr our trailer so yeah and i'm sure there were a lot of adjustments you had to make going from the tent to the trailer yeah <laughs> which was probably a lot of fun for you it sounded sounds like it would be a fun upgrade and process and you've you've already spent a year with kind of learning what works what doesn't how to adjust the cogs like you've, you've got a year of experience and where you can go from there is, is really interesting um, so I'd, I'd be curious, what did you do in year two? So as far as like, 
What did we get financially? Yes. Um, so we made about a quarter million dollars with the food truck. Were you able to maintain the same profit margin? Um, we were, yeah. So basically, um, I would say we were right around 50%. Um, and I started paying myself. So, you know, I read a lot of good books about, you know, profit first and things like that, where, you know, you do have to pay yourself. Um, we hired three part-time employees this year because we started to grow and we needed that extra help. We still had some family and friends that first year, my mom actually helped me a lot. Um, and she was uh, very cheap labor. So she just kind of worked and she just wanted like the tips, like whatever we had in tips was kind of like her pay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we made about a quarter million dollars um, this past year, and I think I was able to bank about one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars of that. Um, and what we do with that is, is instead of buying another fruit truck or investing into the business, um, I'm still a huge advocate of real estate. And what I was able to do with that other money was to continue to invest in real estate, which was really cool. So I was making a lot more than what I would have made as a pharmacist, which is very ironic, but. <laughs> Especially that fast. And I think that's what's so incredible is you were able to get into an industry, create a much larger profit margin than most people are able to do. Um, and that's without very much experience. So you, you can tell you put the time in and, and studied and did it the right way. Um, to achieve that result, which is, I mean, we're really proud of you. I think that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, you know, thank you guys. You need to slide on by um, and try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I'll be coming up your way this year, so I'll let you know. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, it's awesome to hear. Uh, so I guess walk me through um, the marketing, uh, because I think that's, that's what's really key here. Uh, generating a quarter million in revenue and only your second year open and Keep in mind, your business is seasonal. So uh, I think that part is really interesting. How did you market um, and how were you able to, to grow in that sense? Um, so I don't know if you guys are going to believe this or not, but I haven't spent really $1 on marketing yet. Um, this this off season for us is actually the time that I'm doing a lot of research currently on how to um, create, create um, like effective Facebook ads, Instagram ads, things like that. Um, that's more of a hedge. Um, but what we were able to do is it's mostly sales. And what we were able to do is to get into some really good events as our truck. And we, as we started to build our name, um, there's a lot of free Facebook groups out there. Like Leah Valley Food, for instance, is one which has like 50,000 member, members. And the lady who created this group was amazing because, you know, she's just a huge foodie. And she wanted to kind of like help small businesses be recognized for what they're doing. Um, and it's a super positive group and we're able to kind of leverage that, um, by posting for free on there about who we are, what we're doing. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, once you get your name out there and a lot of people try your food and you get great feedback, then they're repeat customers. But on top of that, they know someone who's looking for, you know, we do a lot of private stuff as well. So we did, um, I think four or five weddings last year, which are great. Um, we did some corporate events, which were, which was awesome as well. Um, you know, where they're paying for all their employees, um, graduations. Um, we do a lot of breweries and a lot of wineries. Um, but we're actually trying to transition away from that because we rely too heavily on their own traffic rather than driving our own traffic at the breweries and wineries. So those are more like fill-in dates for us now where we're trying to just do like the festivals, the food truck events, things with larger crowds. And the reason why I'm getting more into learning about driving my own traffic, I've actually kind of joined like a little mini mastermind group for food truck owners. Um, so I did spend a little bit of money on that, but it was only a couple hundred bucks. It wasn't a whole lot. Um, but this guy, he's out in Carol, uh, like North Carolina, and he was able to generate, I think, almost a little shy of a million dollars with his one brick and mortar and his food truck. Um, but he's a master marketer. He, that was his background. He was a great marketer and he was teaching people like us in the food truck industry who don't have a background in marketing, how to effectively run these ads to drive your own traffic and not rely so heavily on these events. And I think that's key for us moving forward, because if anything ever happens like COVID again, or we're in a pandemic and all these breweries and wineries and these events shut down, we have to be able to still strategically place ourselves at a gas station or on a corner somewhere and drive our own traffic. And that's why we're trying to grow organically. But at the same time, I feel like we need to have that skill in our back pocket um, 
just in case. So it's it's right now we don't need that, but in the future, it's good to have that skill because you're going to be one up above a lot of these other competition food trucks in your area. So that's my my thought process on that. Yeah, absolutely. And you do all that like Facebook grouping and marketing stuff yourself? Yeah, my wife is great at it. She's actually in charge of all that. So I'm kind of like the idea guy and I'll kind of tell her what to do. I'm actually not that great with computers. Um, she actually built our website, um, just by watching YouTube videos, you know, and she built it herself. She has no coding experience or anything. And I was like amazed. I mean, the website to me, I think it's awesome. You know, it's not the most fanciest website in the world, but it gets the point across. It has our events on there. It has pictures, it has customers testimonials. So, I mean, it's exactly what we need. Um, and it has a, the most important thing, it has that lead form. So if anybody wants to contact us about a special event, they can do that right from our website. Yeah, the website looks really clean. Uh, we saw it. Cool. Yeah, Erica. That, that, was, that was all Erica, so I can't take any any credit for that. Fantastic job with it. <laughs> I find that the marketing aspect really interesting because you were able to do it so fast. Um, and it, it's actually a very direct parallel to how short-term rentals work. Um, you guys only get a certain season that you can operate. Um, you have to fill the calendar with the highest revenue days that you possibly can, and then you have filler days at the breweries and wineries that you can use exactly. uh, you can always improve on that. The only other way to increase revenue after you've maximized is either to get another truck or in our industry, get another rental. Right. Uh, and we're actually undergoing a very similar process now with our uh, property management team. Um, we've been working with Boosley, who sounds the, the owner is very similar to the guy that does all the, the marketing for his food truck in North Carolina that you referenced. All right. So we're working on a, a new direct booking website that's going to be very clean um, and just a bunch of different ways within the rental and within the rental process to set ourselves up for direct bookings um, mm -hmm. to go from the 10, 20% we're at now up to like 60, 70%. Yeah. Just like you said, when COVID hits, um, the way that we see it is Airbnb and VRBO and some of these other platforms are probably going to continue to claw at any revenue um, and keep making shifts in the direction that favor guests um right. transition policies and stuff like that so we want to be set up to control our own fate um mm -hmm. and over this first quarter we're we're really revamping our system so it, it's really cool that you are already able to do that i've been yeah. doing it for years and i haven't done that yet and yeah. you've, you've done that in your second year so yeah that's i mean that's absolutely genius and you know that's why i you know i you know for our listeners out there i do invest you know i did my first syndication with jd and the live free team this year and uh we're on the contract right now for our, our own personal str um, but that is just genius, you know, because you really have to think like five moves ahead sometimes and these relying too heavily on VRBO or Airbnb, you know, where they have the power to completely shut down your business, you know, let's just say somebody said, Oh, you know, that smoke detector looks like a hidden camera. They're going to shut you down. You know, it's some little things like this that I've heard that happens to other hosts out there. Um, and then you're at the, you know, <laughs> you're at the mercy of them and whatever they want to open up your account again. And then your business is completely shut down. Even if you guys weren't, weren't even neglectful in a way. Um, so doing that, the right booking, I think is a super smart uh, strategic move on your part. So kudos to you guys for that. That's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're really excited to get into it. Um, I'm curious what makes you such a good employee now. So you pay yourself, you're finally taking a salary. Um, you said you weren't good when you were in the pharmaceutical industry. Why are you good now? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've, I've fired myself many times, you know, but unfortunately <laughs> I have to keep getting up and uh, showing up to work. Um, it just means so much more, you know, when it's your own business, it's your own baby. You just care so much more about it. You know, I just realized that, you know, slaving away every day at a W2 job, you know, to make somebody else rich just wasn't, wasn't for me, you know, and then every day I just have so much passion and motivation to, uh, to make my business successful. Um, I think it's just it's just a different different motivating factor for me and owning your own business. I, I just like I said, you know, life, you can't go back and change things. But, I, you know, I do kind of wish in a way that I did this earlier in my life. But at the same time, I wouldn't have learned what I did, you know, along the way if I didn't go through that journey. So and I wouldn't have appreciated it as much, maybe. So it definitely helps with the perspective of things. Right. Perspective. On that path already. Uh, and I, I think that's a really interesting point that you make that you're controlling your own hours and, and working for yourself um, and it feels different. And that's that's how I see it too with, with our team. Um, a lot of times people mix up live free as as in like not work and go sit on the 
the margaritas, but it's, it's the opposite. It's just choosing what to do with your hours. Right. Um, I think I might work more than anyone that I know. Um, and I, I don't mind it because I love every second of what it is that I'm doing and what I'm working on. And it's, it's really cool. I'm actually a little jealous that you guys have a season off. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing too. It's like, if we wanted to, we have the ability to work all year and a lot of food trucks do a lot of food trucks have to actually. Um, but for us, it, it's not really about the money and like financial freedom for me. Um, it just means like, um, I have the time I'm buying back that time, you know, so I can do what I want when I want to do it. Um, rather than just patting my bank account and having all this money in it. Um, so I kind of had an epiphany not too long ago when I thought about my schedule and the way that, you know, our business is structured by having that time off. Um, I kind of reached, you know, I'm, I'm so caught up with like, Oh, I want to reach financial freedom by a certain point. But the real, the reality of it is, I actually kind of already hit partial financial freedom because I gained all of these months that I can do whatever I want while I'm off. Um, and the nice thing is that, you know, my wife, you know, like I said, she works from home so we can go and we can travel or we can go see the world if we want to during these three months, uh, which is kind of cool. So, and she loves her job. So she has no, you know, she has no um, plans of ever retiring or anything like that. She likes what she does. She works for Crisis Text Line, and it's a very meaningful job. She's a supervisor for them, so she helps people who are in mental crisis, and uh, it means a lot to her. So she really likes what she does. Um, I, unfortunately, was never in a job that I really had a, that strong passion for. Well, you're there now. so that's <laughs> Yeah, I am. Yep. <laughs> I don't even consider her a job. That's the funny thing. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting the opportunity you have here where you can you can find yourself getting these big events that generate most of your revenue. Like just mm -hmm. focus on the the 20% of events that generate 80% of the revenue. Right. And then you can use all that off time to to keep moving that further and buy real estate to create more passive income. Like your ability to create time off for yourself is at a level it's never been. So it's I'm really excited to watch you guys uh, continue to pivot with this. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let's see. As far as the nitty gritty, um, we went through all of your marketing. Um, so yeah, all right. I have another question I'm very curious about. Mm -hmm. um, just you and Erica, um, what are your plans for the future as far as uh, do you want to expand? Are you going to get more trucks? Do you plan on hiring other employees? Um, do you love what you do so much that you don't want to hire anyone? We Well, we do. I mean, this past year, we did hire three part-time employees. Uh, Three girls, I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. They just really mesh with us. We had to kiss a few frogs along the way. So we had to get rid of a few people that just, you know, when you're working side by side on a, in a small space like that, you really got to get along with these people and they just don't have that personality um, and that same passion as you do. Um, I'm a big believer in um, hiring slow and firing fast, you know? So, you know, unfortunately we did have to get rid of, you know, a few people, but the group that we have now is amazing. Um, Right now, we're very content with where we are. Um, we would like to, if we can just keep on this same trajectory right now, we're okay. I'm not trying to blow up my business and just say every year we're going to get a new truck and or eventually have a fleet of trucks. That is the goal down the road, but I'm trying to do this very, very carefully. Um, what I want to do is I want to continue to invest in real estate with all the profits from the food truck. And this is my plan. Um, and then once I hit, you know, what they call lean fire, where you're able to have that passive income, that's going to take care of all your bills, right? Take care of the mortgage, take care of all your insurance, take care of all, you know, your credit card bills and your car payments. Once you, once we reach that lean fire number, um, and we have our quote unquote forever home, cause that's what Erica's really working for. That's what I promised her. So that has to come within five years. Don't get me wrong. We have a beautiful ranch now and we live in Northampton. It's a great house. Um, and we can start a family in this house, but it's just not what we envision. You know, it's if you, especially her, she spends all their time inside when she's not at events uh, working. So uh, once we, once we have a little bit more land and we have our forever home, our plan is to kind of set up a few pole barns and then expand our business, take a little bit more risks with our business. And I'm actually going to step out of the business and hire those positions where I'm at right now. Cause I still, cook every single burger that comes off of that truck. You know, I'm the only person on that grill. 
Um, our other employees are front end people, um, expo and um, cashiers. Um, but eventually I, I don't see myself on the truck for the rest of my life. I'm sure I'll be, you know, I'll miss it and I'll jump into a few events here and there, but it is, it's a grind. It's a lot of hard work. Um, so our goal is to reach that lean fire number. And once we're there and we have our forever home from there, we're going to, I think that's when our business is really going to explode because I'll be able to take more risks with the business because if it all goes down in flames and it doesn't work out, then at least I know I still have that passive income coming in. So I don't think that's going to happen. A lot of bad, a lot of things would have to go wrong for that to happen, but it's more of a hedge to, you know, to, to get there, a hedge against my bets. Yeah. And it's really critical that you're reinvesting every dollar either back into the business or buying real estate. Um, you're just setting yourself up to have even more time. And I think you nailed the, just the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's tempting to have all this money in the bank and to go out and buy, you know, a lot of shiny, shiny things and go on these crazy, you know, vacations and travel. Like, trust me, we, we think about it all the time, but it takes a lot of discipline to say, you know, this money in this account is strictly going to be for investing. So I just have to really make smart decisions with my investments. And we hope that they, you know, they pay dividends for years to come. And even for, you know, we want to start a family. So when, when we do have kids one day, um, you know, God willing, when that day comes, um, I just pray that I'm able to um, have all the time in the world to spend, you know, with my sons and daughters and do whatever they want, you know, hey, you know, hockey practice, you know, about, you know, ballet, whatever it is, I want to be there as a dad for them. <clears throat> and I also want to be there for my wife. So that's really what what's important to me. And it's key that you're setting it up so early. Like you have yeah. such a, a drawn out plan on how that's going to happen and materialize and you're not just hoping for it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's super important to have, um, especially moving forward. It's, it's great that you have it all planned out. Yeah. Uh, for someone who's looking to get into the space, what's one piece and big advice you would give them? Um, never stop learning. You know, just continue to, to pick up books, um, listen to podcasts, um, for me, um, I'm a huge um, believer in self-development and just being a better person than you were yesterday. Um, and don't be afraid to take risks and to ask questions, you know, put yourself out there sometimes, you know, that's how I learned so much about this business in such a short amount of time is I asked questions, you know, I posted on Facebook and I reached out to people. Uh, there's actually a local truck um, who's local around us, who's been in the business for a while. And I reached out to him and I said, Hey, like, can I come and work for you for a couple of ships for free? Um, and I just put myself out there and I, I didn't want to get paid for it, but I told him exactly what my intentions are is like, I want to own a food truck one day. Um, can I just come and see what it's like? Can I just see what a, what a day is like, you know, owning a food truck. And I want to see if it was for me before I invested more time into it. Um, and luckily, you know, I went on the truck and they allowed me on the truck and I was able to work for basically I was working for knowledge at that point, you know, it was labor for knowledge. Um, and that's, that's what I would recommend somebody who's looking to get into this business, find a, find a mentor and, uh, just keep learning. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. You want to move it in a little bit of real estate, then we can do a whole 180. and Yeah. Yeah. I also love real estate. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so how'd you first get into real estate? How'd you know? You, you mentioned before you had a plan of maybe buying one house a year. Where did you come up with that sort of idea to do that? Um, probably from bigger pockets. Um, I was listening to a couple of different guys on there and I was never just kind of doing like the burn method with that, that fast growth kind of scared me. I was always afraid to, um, to work with contractors and I always thought I was going to get screwed over. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I really, really set my criteria. And I was like, you know, I'm looking for a three bedroom, two baths, single family homes, because uh, that's all I could afford at the time. So I have to be realistic with myself um, in the Lehigh Valley, because I, I do believe it's a growing market. And I think it's a great market for real estate. Um, and from there, I basically was looking for some value add opportunity, not really full rehabs. But for instance, like my first deal, um, I was able to, it came with a garage, which was amazing. And I was able to partition that garage into multiple spaces and we rent those spaces out separately, which really, really um, um, just accelerated the cash flow on that one deal alone. 
<clears throat> so yeah, and that's kind of where I got the idea. And I, from what I was making as a pharmacist, I saw, all right, if I'm able to save about this amount of money, I can afford this price point. And I can probably afford one house a, a year, maybe two, if it's a really good year. And then from there, we'll just grow. Now things have changed since we've owned the food truck and things have changed a little bit with the real estate market. So you have to be able to be flexible and to pivot. Absolutely. So as far as real estate, you were buying one a year. Um, you're funneling everything you have back into the business, into real estate. Uh, what is the plan moving forward? Um, so moving forward, um, we are looking for the best return on our investment. And right now, I still believe that that's short-term rentals. So right now, that's why we're under contract for a short-term rental. Uh, because of the interest rates, you know, as you guys know, <laughs> everyone always talking about the interest rates rising. But it's just so hard to make the deals work around me um, for those long-term rentals. Um, we did purchase a house earlier this year, um, which was a single-family house. Um, and it cash flows a couple hundred bucks a month. Um, it was completely redone. It's a nice house. It's a nice area. It's more of an appreciation play. Um, <clears throat> but I think going forward, we're looking for the best bang for our buck. And I'm looking for something that's um, as passive as, as it can be, because I don't have a lot of time to invest um, in landlording. So I actually kind of hate landlording, to be honest with you. Uh, every time I get a call from one of my tenants and I try to be a really good landlord and hold myself to high standards, but at the same time, it's just like an added stress to my life. And I have to like, like, what do I, I love the deal analysis. I love the hunt. I love the, the idea of real estate, but at the end of the day, it's, um, it's really tough, you know, to have to answer those, um, those, um, <clears throat> maintenance calls and things like that. It's just like, oh man, it's like always a new thing popping up. And, uh, then, you know, dealing with these, uh, these contractors and finding somebody who wants to work. I have the hardest time just finding people who want to do the job, you know? Um, so I think, for me, moving forward, I'm really trying to make it as passive as, as possible. And that's what was really, really appealing to me about syndication. Um, and that's why I was, you know, that's why I reached out to JD and I talked to him about that because I think that was a perfect fit for us. Um, I was still investing in real estate, but I was completely, you know, I was a limited partner. I don't have to make any decisions. I have to trust my operator. Um, and that's, and that's why, you know, I did it. So I'm super excited about that. And the same thing with hiring a property manager for my STR, it's the same thing. So I'll be using, you know, JD's team, your team guys. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And as, as are we, um, and as far as just like the work-life balance that you've been able to create, um, I think that comes from the fact that you put out so many of your own fires, which is what I, I like to call little problems, yeah. tenant calls, about maintenance <laughs> or whatever it, the case may be. All of these little things that come up, you put out so many fires throughout the year in your own business. Um, and I think that's what affords you the ability to have someone else working on the other end, putting out fires on the other stuff. Um, and any, any big name business person has done the same thing. They can't possibly control every single thing that's going on within their business. And it's just having the right person in the right seat to put out the fires in the aspect that they're controlling. Um, and then you use the things, use your time to work on the things you're passionate about, um, which for you is slide on by. Um, if you make sure that's going well and put the right people in the seats to make sure the other things are going well, you'll, you'll be in a great spot and you won't always feel as overwhelmed. Um, right. Right. And, and that's the thing too. It's all about stress reduction at the end of the day. Um, like, like you said, I am so passionate about my business and we're such, to me, we're still in the infancy uh, stage of the business. So it really will take a lot of my time and attention. You know, like I said, I, I cook every single meal that comes out of our window. Um, so it is, it is a grind when we're in the middle of our season and it's a lot of work and having um, real estate, um, you know, like I said, like maintenance requests or issues with tenants or vacancies, any of these issues that might pop up in real estate just compounds. It's just so much worse when you're in the middle of your season because you can't get over there and I don't have a property manager. I'm managing it myself and I hold myself to high standards in my business and my real estate business. So I want to come through for my tenants and make sure that they're taken care of. 
but at the same time, you kind of wear yourself a little bit too thin. So the going the more passive route going forward, I think is a is a great um, opportunity for us. So I'm I'm really glad I met you guys. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Yeah. It's, it's just cool to hear your story. I'm glad we're we're getting it out. Yeah. Yeah. So through building up this food truck business and through building up this real estate business now too, um, and buying your time back, what do you, what do you do with all your free time? What do you like to do? So right now my wife has me, um, where I, I'm actually doing a construction project where, uh, redoing our laundry room. So I'm talking about contractors and stuff and I'm over here watching YouTube videos <laughs> on how to build a flat wall <laughs> for my wife. So we like to do little projects around the house. Uh, we spend a lot of time with our dogs. We like to go on hikes. Um, I'm a big ice hockey fan. So a couple of years ago, I strapped the pads back on and I play, you know, once in a while I play like in a men's league or just like pickup games and stuff. Um, I like to work out. We like to travel. Um, I have a little boxing gym in my in my house in my basement, so it's a great way to get some uh, stress reduction and some some uh, some aggression out. Uh, so I like to box. Um, what else do I do? I like a lot of stuff. I scuba dive, <laughs> skydive. I do a lot of dive. Oh, I'm a big skydiver. <laughs> I love skydiving. You like skydiving? That's awesome. So awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go. I've been up one time in the Poconos actually. So. You guys are the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who jumps out of a plane for fun, repeatedly, crazy. Yeah, I've only, gone, I've only gone twice, but scuba diving is four times now. <laughs> four times, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So most people read Rich Dad Poor Dad um, and other books like that. What book did you read when you get started with Slide On By? Is there anything you would pinpoint? So, so Rich Dad Poor Dad obviously is a great one. Um, that one was more of a mindset mindset shift for me um, when I started my real estate journey, um, and then from there I went into bigger pockets. But as far as slide on by is concerned, a huge book I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it is uh, called The Miracle Morning um, by Hal Enrod. And that book, what it did for me was it helped me really develop a morning routine. And that morning routine right now is critical. And what it did was it taught me how to. Um, you do things like journaling, meditating, um, manifesting, kind of like teaching you about your thoughts become your reality. Um, I always thought that stuff was kind of like woo-woo and just kind of out there. Um, but as I did more research into it and I started following guys like Wayne Dyer and Bob, Bob Proctor is another one. Um, I started to really think that like, wait, man, there's, there's something to this. Um, and The Miracle Morning by Hella Enrod was a book that really um, laid the foundation for me. Um, as far as setting up a morning routine. Um, so that's very, it's like, it's almost a sacred time for me now in the morning. You know, I just have to have like that hour in the morning. Sometimes it's a half an hour um, where I just kind of go downstairs in my basement. I just meditate and I'll journal a little bit. I'll try to visualize my day. Um, if I don't do it, I feel very like I'm like all over the place. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh man, like my day just kind of like goes uh, goes haywire if I don't do my miracle morning. So my wife, she respects that. She's not a morning person at all. So I wake up a little bit before her whenever, you know, and the house is quiet. I'll sneak downstairs. And um, <clears throat> yeah, that book was awesome. Another good one was uh, Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw. Um, he's a politician, actually. But um, it was more about just mental toughness, building up resiliency. Uh, he was a Navy, he was a Navy SEAL. Um lost his eye was, you know, kind of talked about all these different scenarios when he was a Navy SEAL and all the struggles that he went through um, and just building that, that mental toughness. And it, and it goes right along with the, with the self-development that I, that I've been so fond of the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, those are great recommendations and, oh, yeah. and different than what we usually get on a, a real estate podcast like this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge book reader, so I can go on and on about books. The E-Myth is another good one. I don't know if you guys read that one. Um, Michael Gruber? I haven't read E-Myth. I have done um, Hal Elrod's book. Um, Fortitude sounds really interesting as well. Yeah, Fortitude is a great one. Yeah, the E-Myth is more business related where it teaches you how to step out of your business, you know, working on your business, rather working in your business, setting up processes things like that. So the E-Myth is a great book too. If you're building a business, it'll definitely help uh, any, any entrepreneur out there. We'll have to check that one out. So mm -hmm. I want to get into uh, Erica a little bit um, because I think she's a big key to the success. And you, you even have that right on your website on slide on by um, that 
that she's a, a key key part to everything that happens. So I, I'll ask you the question, how important is it to have the right partner um, in business and in life? Uh, it's it's huge. I mean, Slot on By wouldn't be what it is today without my wife. Um, it started, this was completely my idea, you know, but what really ignited it and propelled it forward was her belief in me and her helping me. You know, in the beginning, I honestly thought I envisioned myself out on the food truck kind of on my own like on a street corner just kind of serving hot dogs or something I didn't really know what I wanted Um, but as we started doing events together I saw um, how important she was to the business you know and she really likes it too I mean she'll complain (laughs) and she'll tell you you know how much she's underpaid and overworked you know that's kind of like a running joke Um, but she's fantastic and I mean she's kind of like the face of our business you know she's just she's just absolutely great with the customers and um she's great at establishing relationships and what we really believe in as a business, um, kind of like one of our, um, our deeper values, I guess, at slide on by is to try to put a smile on someone's face. Cause you never know what kind of day somebody's having. So with our background with mental health and in the fields that we came from and the, in our own struggles, actually, um, we really tried to put customer service first and, just going above and beyond to try to like um, interact with our guests and build that relationship. I think that's really, really important for us. A lot of times you, you'll go out to a restaurant or, or another business and they just have really poor customer service skills. And we notice it now more that we're in the business, you know, it's not hard to smile or to give somebody a compliment. You never know what kind of day somebody's having when they come up to your truck. And another thing is, you know, they, People have so many options right now with food and out of all the places around, you know, they're coming to our truck. You know, we do food truck events where there's 20 other trucks around us, you know, big chains like Red Robin with a food truck too, you know, and people are coming to us. Um, it's a testament to our food and to, to what we put out there. But I think it's also a testament to um, Erica being in the front and our employees as well. Um, just just smiling and, you know, just making people feel good. You know, we sell happiness. It's not just burgers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, customer service is such a huge, huge part of it. And it sounds like Erica really knows what she's doing. Um, She, she seems like she'd be the great face of any business. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. And you know, she's, uh, I'm a lucky guy. So absolutely. And I mean, she, she does, like I said, she does so many things behind the scenes too with, with the social media and the marketing, um, she'll help me prep. I mean, you'll see her, you know, cutting onions. She'll do everything, you know. So she, anything that needs to be done, she'll she'll do it. To, you know, take a little bit of load off of off of my schedule. You know, on top of, you know, her full time job. So she's a superwoman. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys work so great together, and how you could find her, and she just like helps in when you need and, and stuff like that. Um, Wrapping up a little bit, coming to the end of the episode, um, we have three questions we ask every guest that comes on, um, and they're more life questions, kind of. Um, it's called the Live Free Three. So okay. get back to it. First, <laughs> what is your favorite investing book or podcast, and why? You've already given us a couple of good books, so now you have to pick your favorite. Your favorite one. Favorite investing book? Um, I would probably have to just take the the basic book by Brandon Turner. That one was super important to me. The book on real estate investing, I think it is right or yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, so super. I mean, it's just um, it's like the playbook. You know, it just helped me so much in the beginning. Yep, it's like the Bible of real estate. Um, Bigger Pockets has been a huge asset. So, oh yeah, I'm always hopping on Bigger Pockets, and of course, the Live Free podcast too is another big one. <laughs> that was, uh, we know that. I, was I have to give you guys the plug, man. I've been <laughs> listening to every episode so far. So, <laughs> thank you. Mm. Okay, number two is, and since it's the new year, what is your biggest goal this year and why is it important to you? Mm. Let me think about this one. My biggest goal this year. Mm. So right now, you know, I'm on a three-month break from from the business. Um, On a business standpoint, I would say that it's getting learning a new skill and that's going to be the the advertising like i spoke about earlier um that's a that's a business goal for me um a personal goal though is more about um that that personal development type journey that i'm on and 
enjoying the the chase, you know, enjoying the journey rather than being so caught up with getting to the finish line. I think for me, it's a, it's a mindset thing um, because I find myself um, just always sometimes comparing myself and be like, oh, I wish I was further along, you know, compare myself to other real estate investors. And I wish I had more properties or I wish I was already at financial freedom. And what I realized is, you know, it's, it's really about the journey, you know, you're really just stopping and smelling the roses and enjoying where you're at and having that gratitude, you know? So I think for me, that's uh, my goal is to, to get more into that mindset. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not hard to do that at all. Or it's very hard to do that. I mean, rather. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, what kinds of people are you looking to connect with? Um, other like-minded people, people who are willing to put in the work, um, people who are not afraid to take risks. Um, anybody who's interested in starting a business. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a food truck business, you know, but obviously I can help you a little bit more if it is specific to the, the food industry. Um, but any business at all. I mean, there, if there's a will, there's a way, and there's always creative ways of starting. So just because somebody says, Oh, you need a certain amount of money to start a business. Don't let that be a, a roadblock and say, all right, well, I'm just going to give up now. And, you know, um, I'm just going to give up on this dream. So if it's really a dream of yours, there's always a way to, to accomplish it. Um, continue to network, um, continue to reach out, find a mentor, join a, uh, you know, a mastermind group or something like that. That's another one of my goals actually too, is potentially um, join a mastermind group. I want to invest in myself a little bit more. That's awesome. And I have one fourth and bonus question for you. Anyone asked you to hop on your line and work for free. To hop on my line and work for free? To hop on the, the food truck and, and work for, for free to learn a little bit. Would I allow it? Would you? Yeah, would you? I already have. I already have. Really? Yep. yep. Oh, wow. somebody, reached, somebody reached out and I was like, you know, I have to pay it forward. <laughs> I have to. It comes full circle. This guy want to start a barbecue business. He met me at a brewery. I, I actually offered. I said, if you have any questions, I said, here's my card. I gave him my business card. I said, reach out. You, you can call, text. Um, and I said, if you ever wanted to kind of shadow me to see what it's like to be on the food truck, because if you worked in a restaurant, it's similar, but it's not the same. It's a different, right. it's a different beast. Um, so yeah, so we came on the truck and, um, you know, we fed him, <laughs> we fed him for free, but yeah, I, mean, he, I think he had a good time and I just, he just reached out to me the other day. So I kind of want to pay it forward because a lot of people helped me in the very beginning and I just want to, you know, help other people achieve their dreams. So that's amazing. Yep. That was a good question, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, that, was, that one came out of left field going like <laughs> All right, so I got some final words here. Um, we really thank you for being on today, Nick. It, it was really cool to hear your story and we look forward to seeing the, the future to come. Um, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug your socials, plug uh, anything that you wanna plug here at the end, uh, give a shout out to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much uh, for having me on today. Um, our socials are slot on by at Facebook. And then slide on by underscore is our Instagram account. And if you guys want to um, email us, it's um, slide on by 21 at gmail.com. And our website is slide on by 21.com. So, um, yeah, that's usually the easiest way to, I'm always on the slide on by account. So <laughs> that's the easiest way to contact me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking to us, giving us this whole spiel about your whole life and everything. It's not easy to do that. Um, but yeah, everyone watching, thank you guys for listening. Um, connect with Nick at the socials he just plugged. And if you got some value out of this, please uh, feel free to give, give us a rating on wherever you're listening. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Live Other free. Than that, yep. Live free. <laughs>